Welcome to today's podcast. Today we'll be joined by Michelle Wakeford, the National Manager for Ticket to Work, who's going to talk about our program. And hopefully, barring technical difficulties, Michelle will join us very shortly. We'll try not to have too much silence. And Michelle should be with us shortly. So Ticket to Work is a, um, a program that National Disability Service run that Michelle is the um, manager of. Um, hopefully, Michelle will be here as soon as the technology allows. And Michelle is with us. Michelle, welcome. Hi, Peter. How are you? Excellent. Our technology works for us again, hopefully. <laughs> I feel like we've had success already that we're, we're talking. Well, you're right. After an hour last night trying to work out the tech, we've, we've succeeded. So, Michelle, welcome to the program. Um, as the National Manager for Ticket to Work, can you tell us a little bit about the program? Yeah, so um, Ticket to Work, um, uh, is, it was basically a response to falling um, school to work transition for, for young people with a disability. Um, and it was kind of, um, there's quite a few people that were, were concerned that we were going backwards rather than forwards. Um, and what we did was we had, um, we looked, there was quite a few of us really concerned about that and we looked at what was happening overseas and we found that that overseas there was quite, you know, significant um, activity and research and energy around improving school-to-work transitions. So what we thought was we did a scoping research and looked at what was working overseas, um, looked at some longitudinal studies, um, and from that, Ticket to Work was, was born. So basically taking all those elements that we could see from, from the literature worked and put it into one model, which became Ticket to Work. Right. Uh, and I guess I should probably let people know that that Ticket to Work shares a name common with the American program, but it is not the American program. No, no. We're, we're a bit slow on... Um, uh, we, th we thought it was such a brilliant name and then we realised that someone else has, has used it, which is a, a very common, I think, um, occurrence when you're trying to be creative. Um, uh, but it did really, um, you know, represent what we were trying to achieve. Um, and, yeah, so I, I might tell you a little bit about the, the model and, and how yeah. it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let, it would be really interesting to know how the model works, um, obviously, within the school system. Yes, yes. So basically from that scoping, you know, research was very much that um, early intervention is key, that that young people during that, those vital career kind of um, years around the, the 14, 15, 16, when, you know, people are uh, kind of going through that process of identifying who they are and, and you know, that transition into adulthood, um, it was really vital that young people were getting experiences that, um, supported them um, thinking of themselves as as workers, but also having you know opportunities to explore careers and work, um, which is a, I guess a normal 
aspect of, of many young people um, go through. But what we were finding in Australia was that many young people with disabilities, particularly more significant disabilities, weren't getting those opportunities. Um, so that the aim was to give them those opportunities while still at school. And our, our kind of theory of change was that if young people get those experiences at school, they'll much have much better outcomes post-school. Right. Uh, and, yes. and, and, and I guess, um, you know, we've have obviously had transition to work programs um, for, for years, which tend to start post-school, but we know that the evidence tells us that work experience during school time is, is critical to getting uh, employment post-school. Yes, definitely. And the other thing, the, the, the one of the key other learnings that we got from, from, you know, overseas was that it has to be a coordinated approach, that it's not just education's um, problem or it's not just, you know, one sector that should be working towards improving um, school to work transition for young people with a disability that it really did take a coordinated approach um, and that idea of what we we do is that to have that coordinated approach um, we have uh, networks of key people within a place-based region um, and we have someone that kind of leads those networks we call them the intermediary which is probably not the best term but um, and their role is making sure that there's scaffolding of experiences what we found was that many young people um, there was lots of duplication so you know they were you know doing resume development you know four or five different times with different different organizations and different people so you know how do we make sure that that each experience is a scaffolding of of the other um it, with the aim of of employment post school or, or post um uh school education or training right so you've obviously created active partnerships within the school setting so so how do you go about finding the partners and supporting the partners to produce the outcomes that you're trying to achieve? Um, often they find us. Um, uh, so, you know, one of the, the things that when we started, you know, we had we had no funding. So it was very much Ticket to Work is built on, on, on goodwill. And amazingly, um, you know, and I probably shouldn't be amazed that there is a lot of goodwill in, out there and people do want to make sure that they're doing, you know, good practice and evidence-based practice and they do want to work in a collaborative kind of approach rather than just looking at their own little patch. Um, so we kind of put the call out there of communities that are keen to work in, in you know, a different way, um, you know, that kind of collective impact way um, and that we're keen to work with, you know, others um, to to kind of understand, I guess, the systems and, and what, what is happening in, in that particular place. So how do things work or not work um, and start to explore that. So, yes, um, that those, uh, you know, people found, found us. Um, and so our role was to kind of let um, those communities and networks and those intermediaries know what good practice looks like. Um, and then try to support them to to implement that good practice, right. and even just the benefits of being you know that you know um, communication all the time around what's happening really improved outcomes. So, with the program obviously running in, in different parts of Australia, what variations do you find uh, across the country of the program? Uh, quite quite a lot. So we're, we're in you know um, you know cities, regions, rural. Um, you know, so it is very place-based. So what we find, one of the things that we, 
we do is that that idea that there is resources within each community. How do we best use those resources to support a young person in that transition? Um, so, you know, sometimes those resources might be school resources or apprenticeship centre resources or NDIS um, resources or DES resources, but kind of looking at school to work, not from a programmatic um, approach, but looking at it from a systems approach and then looking at what an individual young person needs and how they can access that through their communities, through all their resources that are available. So there's not, you know, one network doesn't look like another network um, because it does respond to what's happening in that, that, that community. Right. So it's very much about by the sound of things, it's about using the, and developing the social capital in the community and leveraging whatever that capital looks like in that setting. Yes, yes. And and how do we, you know, build that 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 capital and, and the capacity so that um, you know people do know what what you know a, um, good practice can look like and, and you know making sure that, that people have information, knowledge and, and support to actually right. do the best they can do. So, so how have you found the school system and navigating the school system? Because obviously there's a lot of evidence that suggests that some schools do very good transitions and people come out and they do transition to employment and others it's it's a challenge for the school system in some areas. So, so what sort of challenges have you found in that particular setting? Um, I, I think in, in, again, that, that place-based approach that, you know, it, it varies Um I think there is a, a lot of goodwill and, and we kind of captured that 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 goodwill. Um, you know, teachers by their nature are very busy um, beings um, and, you know, often can get caught up, as all of us can, with the day-to-day um, and rather than looking at more the, the broader kind of picture of what, what, what could be. Um, so... Uh, but but schools by by the large have been been quite engaged. I mean they're really keen that their their students you know have um, good futures. Um, you know they they get to know these young people quite well, um, and they want the best for them. So I, I think it is you know trying to get them sometimes out of that day to day and get them to think okay well. You know, if I've got some really good partnerships and really good relationships with, you know, um, uh, post-school providers and, and you know, other supports, um, then I can create better futures for, for my young people rather than trying to do it all at themselves. And I think right. it's that recognition that, you know, there are resources out there and how we work together is more important than, than um, um, you know, uh, you know, knuckling down and getting, getting, you know, just using what what you've got at hand. Um, so, so with with the, the the school kids themselves, what are you finding in terms of, or what mechanism are you using to to try and understand, you know, what their interests and their potential career pathway might look like? Um, it's it's often using um, and that you know what we do is encourage that kind of customized employment, uh, you know, discovery approach. Right. So trying to get uh, feed, feedback from a whole range of um, key people in that person's life um, around, um, you know, who they are, what they're doing. So going back to some of that, that you know, basic career development right. um, um, framework. Basic career development discovery type process, which shines a light on their interests and their, their skills, et cetera. 
Yes, yeah, and getting the voices of multiple people in, in, in that um, process um, because, as we know, or what we've found is that, you know, a young person in, in school um, might be a very different young person um, in the, the community. So, you know, trying to get that, that different things. One of the key things that we do is making sure that, that young people actually get the opportunity to be employed while still at school. So we've, we've got... Um, a range of initiatives to make sure that you know young people have things to you know like access to after school work um, and and work experience and and you know how we use you know those available resources so a young person just gets a normal pathway so what right. what is a normal thing that that a young person would do in their their transition from school um, and how can we um, you know put the extra supports in in place. Um, so that young person can have success and using all those resources. So often what we find is that, that people do take that programmatic approach and, and that can be problematic. Right. So we know all the evidence tells us that that uh, any child in school, whether they have a disability or not, if they have work experience, are more likely to end up in meaningful employment post-school. So this program supports that and by the sound of things puts a scaffold around that to provide that opportunity. So what, what are the learnings that, you, that you're getting from the program, Michelle? Um, I, I think that, you know, you know that, uh, going back to, you know, what we, we set out to, to achieve, which was, you know, that we wanted to ex explore um, um, that idea of, you know, it, that if we give young people opportunities in that coordinated approach while at school, that we'll have better outcomes. So we've been doing quite a significant amount of evaluation and research around that. So we um, have just finished, um, well, we, last year we, we did um, uh, looking at a comparison study, so looking at those young people that had had ticket to work or, the, you know, those experiences of, of employment or work experience while at school and, and what was their outcome post-school. Um, and we did a comparison to um, you know, young people that didn't get those, that opportunity just using, you know, existing data sets. Um, so we, we kind of knew, yes, that, you know, young people um, that have these experiences are three times more likely to be in, in open employment post-school. Um, uh, so, you know, that that is significant. We found that young people were much more likely, nearly 50% more likely to complete um, their education, their high school education. Um, young people were much more likely to be in, um, in, in education and often they were combining um, you know, education and, and work. So that, that normal pathway for a young person to, right. to you know, combine study and, and work. Um, so, so how yeah. are you, you, you addressing the issue around um, uh, post-placement, so we say, uh, supports, because obviously that's a vital yeah. area uh, in employment and certainly continuity of employment. So uh, what sort of mechanisms are you using to, to ensure that there is post-school post supports in employment? Um, yeah, so our focus is always what's happening in school, but what we're finding is that because young people um, parents are, you know, having engagement with a whole range of post-school providers while still at school, that they, they have, I guess, you know, a, a range of people that they can go to. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really pleased that there's, um, and we've been, you know, trying to do some more longitudinal and, and tracking that that the young people um, through that experience of school 
of having employment or, or you know, career development and work experience during school um, are much more able to navigate the system and find the supports that they need. And what we find is not the young person might not necessarily have the same job that they had at, at school, but because they've got you know, um, some work history, they've, they've got, you know, um, references and, and all those things that we know, um, you know, employers want to see, um, you know, they've got those things. So they, they might not be in the same job that they were while, while at school, but they, they are able to navigate, I guess, the system a little bit better. So, so, so that kind of leads us to the, to, from what I can hear here is, is that, that, the program itself is also has a, a lovely unintended consequence of creating uh, more self-determined individuals that become possibly stronger self-advocates for their own employment and career. Yeah, I think that there's, you know, they uh, definitely. I think they're, you know, even looking at some of the th the comparison study that we did, that that the, the young people compared um, were much more likely to be in, more independent, more likely to be going out. And you know, having those usual kind of um, you know late teens, early twenties kind of experiences um, compared to to the the group that we're comparing them to. So they they're much more confident, independent, um, and happy in their lives, and much more, um, I guess, you know, positive about their futures because they've had this experience. And we often find also we we did some research talking to to the parents and, um, you know, the parents were finding that they were much more, you know, positive about their, their child's future because, you know, they've seen them in the safe environment of school having those opportunities. Right, because parents are, are crucial to the outcome um, and, and we know that the research tells us that that where children have, have these positive experiences of employment during school the parents, something like 30% of the parents um, are more engaged and, and more supportive of, of an employment outcome as opposed to possibly viewing it as, okay, where is my child going to go at the end of school? Because they've had this experience and support. The parents have also become stronger advocates and, and you start to see a, a a bit of a snowballing effect. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, definitely. One of the things we we interviewed the uh, we we asked the young people that had were in employment post school and and looking at you know we asked them well who was the greatest support in in that move from school and eighty percent said their family that you know that was really key the, to to a successful post school um, outcome was was family and I think it is you know because we we kind of advocate that that, you know, transition kind of supports and thinking should be, you know, from age 14. It, it takes away some of that fear, I guess, you know, often what the norm is for, for parents is, you know, it's the last year of school. Right. And they, they're going, okay, well, what are you going to do, you know, um, af after school um, without having, you know, those opportunities to explore, you know, what, what those options are. So I think a lot of parents get quite nervous and, they look for an environment that looks like school. Some something yeah. we often hear from parents that they want their kids safe and happy. Um, well, well, you're right, and and often we see a lot of placements post school are, are more about simply replicating the three days a week the child had at school, and which obviously is is that safety factor um, and addressing the fear that the family has. But you know the the evidence tells us, and you've obviously seen this by starting the the program earlier that 
in some some countries around the world, we're starting to transition with with twelve and thirteen year olds. So, you know, the earlier we can get into the system and start the the transition to employment, which is really what education should be about, the greater the success is likely to be. So, that's something we've argued for for quite a few years. I mean, you and I have had those discussions. And uh, are you seeing some positive outcomes from the, from education around? You know, yes, we should start this earlier and, and make it a, a formal type approach to, to transition? Yeah, I think twofold. I think um, from um, local areas that, you know, where, where, you know, we can we can show success of, of their students back to them and they can see the, the benefits. I think there is a growing understanding of, of what, you know, good practice um, looks like. And, uh, you know, I know, um, you know, I'm based in Victoria and there's, you know, the, the state government are doing a range of, of initiatives around getting that, that career development um, earlier. Um, so I think, you know, for, for us it is about how all those things play t- together. But, I, yeah, I do, I do think there's a growing awareness of what, what works and, you know, it, it, I'm not saying that it's easy sometimes to implement what works, but I think we in Australia, we are, you know, you know uh, getting a bit more sophisticated about what we, what we know and what we, we don't know. I think there's, there's still a lot of unknowns. We don't have a lot of research in Australia around school-to-work transition. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think our experience, has, has there has been a, a lot of goodwill particularly when I look back when we first started, um, you know, we were getting quite a lot of, you know, kickback around that, um, that, that what we were aiming to do, you know, working with, with students with, in special schools to, to, you know, looking at employment outcomes where, you know, we were, you know, basically told that, that you know, what we were trying to do was not possible. Um, right. So, you know, today we've we just hit um, at the end of last year, you know, 1,500 jobs for students in, in work, um, okay. the majority having, you know, intellectual disabilities. So I think we're well and truly, you know, demythed that, um, that, you know, young people, um, you know, with, with disabilities and particularly intellectual disabilities, you know, um, open employment isn't an option. Right, Michelle, there's some really good numbers there. Are you capturing any data around the types of employment um, in both industry and, and hours uh, that from those uh, individuals? Yes, yep. Um, so uh, twofold, uh, I guess, we, we ask all our networks for, for data. Um, so, you know, getting an idea of... of you know where people are, are going. Um, obviously, you know our focus is what's happening in in school, um, but also wanting to know, you know, what are the outcomes um, post school. So what we're finding the the kind of jobs that young people have um, while at school. So those after school jobs and things like school based apprenticeships and traineeships, um, and you know, uh, are those um, I guess traditional employment for for young people. Right. Um, generally, so you know, you retail, your hospitality, okay. um, but um, post school, yeah, we are, we we do um, interview as many young people as as possible um, to to find out, you know, what their hours, what they're doing, right. um, how they're going. Are you capturing? I mean, the the, the one that really would really interest me is around the concept of wages, because obviously 
you know, that always comes up in discussions around, you know, the wages people can earn. So are you getting any detail there? Yeah, so that, that's um, uh, the majority um, uh, are on just your, your, your normal award wages that any young person would be on. Um, so, um, yes, so the, the, it, it's your, your common, I guess, um, wage levels for, for young people. Um, uh, there are, you know, some, you know, when we look at things like um, school-based apprenticeships and traineeships, yeah, they're just the normal wages. Um, I've got a question, Michelle, from one of our oh, listeners. Yes. And oh. it's actually obviously quite topical and quite important at the moment. And yeah. Something that we're all probably all thinking about is we're obviously in a situation now with the COVID-19 um, uh, environment. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on how this will reshape employment for people with a disability going forward? Um, I, th I think that um, twofold, you know, we, we know um, young people generally in an economic um, downturn do, do poorly, the, you know, the most poorly of, yeah, of all the, the groups. Um, and then um, young people that have, you know, more, uh, uh, probably more disadvantage in, in the labour market are more likely to have, um, uh, you know, uh, not good outcomes. Um, so, you know, for us, yeah, we are quite con concerned that, that, um, that, you know, with the, the COVID and the economic downturn, that we will have um, uh, bad, um, that, you know, outcomes for, for young people right. with disability if we don't respond. And one of the key things that we did find with, with looking at the research is that, if we don't keep young people engaged in the labour market, then, yes, they can be lost for, for yeah. us. Yeah, and I guess that's probably one of the challenges we're going to have here is that, you know, we're, we're potentially looking at a generation of young people, not just people with disabilities, that may have diminished opportunities. And one of the things that our work and research has pointed at is that how we used to, to go about employment in the past for people um, uh, in our work is just not going to work in the future simply because we're going to have reduced opportunities but sitting beside that will be will be probably significantly more numbers of people that that are looking for employment so it almost uh, sadly it 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 pushes people down the flagpole so that that you know you have this situation where where what we believe will happen will be that businesses are, will be somewhat chastened by the experience of having to, to close down to put off employees and they're less likely to come back with as many jobs and when they do um, we're faced with a larger pool but more importantly we're faced with the proposition of of how to reach employers in a way that that they actually want to engage with us because now you end up with twice as many people banging on the door looking for a job and we're going in there with with people that it was already a hard um, process um, but now we've I guess in a way we're going to go backwards but it demands a new approach um, and I think that's potentially our view on it is we're working on developing new approaches and, and I think that's I mean, that would be my answer to it, um, my thought on it at the moment. What are your thoughts, Michelle? Yeah, I think we definitely need to have, um, you know, a, a policy response to, to you know, keep 
all young people engaged in the labour market. And I think, you know, I was listening to to a range of different people and that that idea of of scarring, um, so that you know within the the labour market, so that you know for uh, particularly young people, even if the economic you know uh, the economy you know kicks back in um, there can be some long-term effect for individuals and we don't want lost generations of of young people and particularly young people with disabilities that haven't had that opportunity to engage with the labor market um, and therefore you know are lost to it for, for forever so you know for for us it's really thinking about okay how do we keep people engaged in that labor market and I do think, you know, some of your work, Peter, around that customised employment approach that it, it shouldn't, you know, that, that it, it, it is an approach that, you know, it shouldn't be shaped or thought about within, you know, economic downturn. It's, it's around, you know, you know, finding that, that young person's, um, you know, spark and, and talent and, and how we, we you know, uh, present that to employers because employers will have, you know, um, labour needs. Um, but yes, how, yeah, how yeah. we we do that in a way that works for employers as well as works for young people. I, I certainly think that one of the things that we've been doing in our in our work around customised employment and and obviously evolving the processes is that we've looked at that the discovery process itself and and can see some gaps in it. And we've been doing some work around um, addressing those gaps, and and we're taking those, the those shall we say, I guess you could almost call them theories at the moment, uh, but we're taking those theories out into the field and and trialing them, and and it, it it looks to me that that the gaps we've found and identified, and and a lot of those gaps were identified in the research we did jointly last year with our colleagues in America around customised employment and discovery. And, and I think one of the things that, that is probably forgotten in the, in the, when people look at customised employment is the idea that, okay, it's the same everywhere. But I think people need to realise that just like the process of discovery is, is unique to the individual, the process of customised employment within an organisation or a setting has to be different. It has to reflect the setting that it's operating in. And yes, it's a framework, but you have to scaffold different things onto that framework depending on where you are. Because, you know, if you're working in a in a rural community, the job opportunities are going to point in a certain uh, direction, certain industries, as opposed to the city where, well, you know, there is a coffee shop on every corner, so there are there are op more opportunities in hospitality. So, it's it's certainly an, an interesting process and and. I, I guess you'll see the same thing uh, in the Ticket to Work program. We're going to see some different evolutions based on the idea of where employment's going. Yes, yeah. And, and I've noticed even, you know, one of the within um, since we, we started um, was, is the rise of, of, of young people, you know, having their own enterprises. Um, and, you know, I was, I was reading something around that, you know, we, you know, people with disabilities are much more likely per, per you know, uh, population to have a, a, a small business. So where as um, with, you know, the uh, employment, general employment, you know, people with disabilities are quite disadvantaged um, it, um, compared to, to um, people without disabilities, you know, this, this rise of, um, you know, uh, I guess being quite 
um, not having those opportunities has has brought out the the, the entrepreneurial aspect of, of many people um, with disabilities because they haven't had that, those you know general um, uh, opportunities in the labour market. So you know I think that's something that we you know not not as a, a solution. And I never think that there's ever one solution, but I do think we do need to to broaden out our thinking about what, what employment is. Yeah, and, and, and I think that goes to, to, to an interesting fact that, that all the evidence tells us that about 30% of people that will go through a discovery process may end up in some form of self-employment. Um, it, it's, it should never be the entire focus of a program no. because, because, I mean, self-employment isn't for everybody. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a piece of string. You'll have people down one end who are happy to turn a hobby into something where they can make a few dollars um, to supplement what they're doing. Uh, it may be an adjunct to to their social life um, down the other end, of course, which is where you derive your entire income from. And, and at either end of those spectrums, the challenges are very different. Yes, yeah. But I, I do, you know, I guess that, 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 you know, people can be resilient and they can find opportunities and, and we just got to make sure that we do have the, the policy responses to make sure that 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 can happen um, and that we don't have that that kind of lost generation. Right. I, I'm going to give you a, a bit of a Dorothy Dixon question here, Michelle. If you could write the policy, what would you write? Um, I, I, um, I, I think it, it is about, the, you know, trying to keep people connected. So whether that's in, in training or other mechanisms or social enterprises or, um, you know, how we we you know try to to create as many opportunities uh, for for young people with a disability one of the things that we've just been doing you know following what we we did was a, a cost benefit so looking at you know this early intervention or the ticket to work approach um, what what are the benefits to, to government and, you know, recognising that government's not going to have a huge amount of money. You know, we found that there was significant savings to, to government if they, they do those kind of supports in, in, in school and have that, that um, uh, um, have that kind of a, a approach where, you know, making sure that, that young people have that, that good transition. Um, and that transition, you know, we, we know can, can last a lifetime if, if, that young people um, have that a good transition. So you know, making I guess strengthening what we know what what works. I do think one of the things that we've been thinking about is that that there you know is sometimes a, a lack of um, you know knowledge about about what works. You know, and I think we do need to do more to to you know support and educate all types of different you know, sectors, in, including, you know, working with employers, you know, around, you know, building um, their understanding and, and, you know, making sure that they're getting their 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 needs met um, as well as, you know, through employment of, of people with, with disability. But also, you know, those school system, how, how do we, you know, making sure that we're, we're communicating and implementing good practice. And I think by that, if we can improve those things, I think, you know, the resilience and the of these young people, um, you know, will 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 shine through. You right. You mentioned transition, and that's a really interesting one. Because um, often people view transition as you finish school, or you start in your last year, you finish school, and you go into employment or study. But but 
we know the transition for people with disabilities can take quite a few years. Um, it's not the same linear process that, that exists for um, a lot of kids. So I think there's an interesting proposition there in policy to to allow transition to take to be done over a number of years, which whether that means you know we get the opportunity to start earlier or whether it should go beyond school for another year or so beyond school. Are you finding anything you know in your work that points to something like that as as being needed? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I'm not even sure if it's linear for, for any young person. I, I think that... No, it certainly um, wasn't for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it wasn't for me either. So I think it's, um, you know, sometimes I think we think about, you know, people with disabilities or young people with the disabilities that we're, we're more focused on on a, a linear pathway that, um, that, you know, we don't embrace... You know, it's kind of like, oh, we have to choose at the end of school where someone's going post-school and, you know, and, and we know the reality is that, that that choice is often, you know, for the rest of their working life kind of choice, mm. um, which, you know, I find is bizarre. You know, could you imagine yourself at the end of school saying, okay, well, what, what you choose next year, you know, is, is, it? Um, is it? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting one, isn't it, because... You know, I mean, I, if you want to talk about transition, I mean, I, I mean, I often joke that, that I did 20 odd years of work experience before I found my career. Um, and yet we're asking people with cognitive impairment to actually do it straight away. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that, that we, 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 you know, that, that flexibility, um, uh, and, you know, trying to, to look at, you know, we, we talk a lot yeah, about that scaffolding of different experiences and opportunities. And we do know that, you know, like the number one, you know, indicator of, you know, taking that employment pathway post-school is, you know, having not, not just, you know, one work experience during school, but having multiple different work experiences. So I think it, it is around... Um, and, and meaningful work experience in in, in areas that that people uh, uh, you know want want to do. Not you know we often find that that particularly you know uh, you know young people with a disability. It's kind of like you know um, you know okay well, well well again you know choosing the the safe you know well let, let's put them here for work experience or or you know we know that you know young people with a disability are much 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 more like the, the stats were quite significant to, to not do any at all. So if the number one thing we know works in, from longitudinal studies is is not being provided or not being encouraged or, or not having multiple opportunities to, to do that, then then I think you know we're we're so far back um, right. in the in the so I, I do think that we need to, to start earlier. We need to be a lot more coordinated in the in that transition but you know always looking for you know what would be seen as as a you know what is a normal pathway from school and it is normal to try things and explore things and fail and um, whereas I think young people with a disability don't don't get that opportunity I think as soon as something goes wrong it's kind of like oh you know we told you so that you know, this isn't work isn't for them. Whereas, you know, that, that doesn't happen for the rest of us. We, we right. get that opportunity to stuff up. In a, in a weird sort of way, what we're really saying is that we need to ensure that people with 
disability, kids of a disability in school get exactly the same opportunities as everybody else. Yeah, and and you know sometimes that that does mean you know um, I think that does mean that we, we need to be a bit more um, you know put extra supports in for for that right. to happen, and we do need a coordinated approach. I think you know I think if we just look at the schools to to achieve that, I think you know we we won't get anywhere because no. that that is not their role. We need to to ensure that we're all working together. Right. I, I... Some really interesting points there, Michelle. Um, this has been a pleasure. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, keep a, a look out. We've got a new website coming. We've, we've, um, as I think I mentioned, you know, we've got, you know, uh, um, SBA um, have done a, a paper for us looking at that cost benefit analysis. Right. We've interviewed employers, so we've got some recommendations of what we think works for employers. Um, we've interviewed parents, you know, what, what works for them. So we're trying to build, a, I guess, this this collection of, of what what we've found and, and you know, our aim now, um, you know, particularly, you know, we're, we always were a pilot, um, yes. you know, that, um, we're finishing up next year. So our aim is now to, to make sure that we can communicate and, you know, some of our learnings are incorporated into to, to policy so, you know, really happy to have conversations with people. So, you know, go right. to the, the tickettowork.org.au. Good. I was going to ask you for the website. <laughs> and, um, yeah, feel free to give give me a ring um, because, yeah, we're really keen to make sure that all young people with disabilities get those opportunities. And, and certainly from our point of view, I mean, that's what we use our website for um, and certainly our, our Facebook page, which occasionally looks more reflective of my craziness, but it is really about providing and putting resources and information out there for, for people to engage with. And and on that note, thank you for your time, Michelle. That's been brilliant. Um, I hope people have found it really insightful uh, and I'm looking forward to doing this again with you sometime in the future. All right. Now, that'll be brilliant. Thanks, Peter. Not a problem, Michelle. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And that ends our interview today with Michelle. I hope everybody found that really insightful um, and um, take some really valuable information from it. Thank you, everyone.